0: Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb, and this is where you'll receive the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise children of character in our technology and media-saturated world. We call it Brave Parenting because it takes courage and hard work to stay on top of technology and then choose how you and your children will incorporate that into your lives. Our ultimate goal here is to keep you informed and equipped to parent your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. So in today's show, we're going to be talking about in the news, the Fortnite World Cup, as well as smart diapers being introduced into the market. Our character focus today is going to be on passionate. Our app focus is on the app Roblox. And our family focus, we're going to ask the question, what if my child is only passionate about video games? All right, let's jump right into the news. The Fortnite World Cup just ended and it has made all sorts of headlines because a British teenager won half of the $2.2 million prize, placing second with his teammate in this Fortnite World Cup. Now, when he won, he was up against more than 40 million players participating in this event. It was held in New York City and there was... 50 duos and 100 solo players that made it to this final game and this one teenager ended up winning one of these final prizes. What was funny is many of the articles that came out talked about how this young man Jaden was really frustrating his mom playing Fortnite for all of these hours. He was quoted to say, me and my mom clash quite a lot. She doesn't understand how the game works, so she thought spending all of this time in my room was just wasting time. When interviewed, his mother told the BBC that she had been pushing Jaden to do his schoolwork instead of doing gaming, and even acknowledged that she threw his Xbox out and snapped his headset at one point. Well now, Young Jaden is, you know, a million dollar winner of the Fortnite World Cup. And when asked the mom said that most likely he wouldn't be spending his money on materialistic things, she said, quote, Jaden is not very materialistic, adding that he would probably have a lifetime supply of Uber Eats. She says, quote, just sitting there playing video games and eating takeaways, Jaden would be in his element. So this is what we have here, the Fortnite World Cup. 16 years old, a million dollar winner, and he just wants to possibly play video games and have Uber Eats, right? So that's what we're looking at. So here's the question that we at Brave Parenting sort of, you know, pose to parents is this. So we talk to our kids about playing this much Fortnite for the chance of winning this million dollar prize. Well, if our children play eight hours a day, which is what Jaden said that he did, Eight hours a day, five days a week, that's equivalent to an adult work week. So moms and dads, right, we work 40 hours a week with guaranteed pay. If our children work 40 hours a week, that actually ends up being 80 days of their entire year working and sacrificing this amount of time into a video game for the chance of getting paid as a winner of the Fortnite World Cup. And what are those chances? Well, with over 40 million players and there only being a couple winners, that chance calculates to be 0.0005%. So, mom and dad, would you work 40 hours a week for a whole entire year with that chance of getting paid with a 0.0005% chance of getting paid? Most of us will say, no way, yeah, right, There's, we can't do that. But our kids will say, yes absolutely why because the game is fun the game is addictive so yes they will say let's do it let's invest all of my time in there but it is our job really right as parents to step in and kind of help them recognize that that much time for that small chance of winning may not be the best use of their time all right next in news smart diapers Is this a great idea or is this just helicopter parenting at its worst? Well, Pampers introduced last week a new system that they're coming out with called Lumi, and it is going to essentially track about everything, they say, including the diaper changing needs. These smart diapers, as they've been dubbed, can also track sleep and feeding. They say, quote, with our all-in-one system, you can monitor your baby's unique patterns And see emerging routines. So, as parents, we kind of think this is a little bit crazy. Well, the Pampers team who researched this said that they talked to thousands of parents and it revealed that there were clear unmet needs that these parents were seeking. So, what were these unmet needs that they're now trying to solve with the smart diapers? Well, they say that number one, parents want to know their baby is comfortable and safe. Okay. That's understandable. They also say they want to develop routines, but that's tough to establish. And because they change so often, it's hard to do. Okay. Number three, they say parents seek a deep understanding about their baby's unique mental and physical development journey. So here we are, we have these diapers who are going to have a sensor and it is going to transmit data to an app on the parent's phone to which they can check. So of course, this causes a little bit of outrage in the parenting community and the pediatrician they're all saying wait a second it is a parent's natural instinct in that relationship with that child for them to to know how their child is feeling to be able to gauge whether or not their baby is wet or hungry sleepy or sick right this is our intuition and we know this because of that relationship that we have do we need a diaper and an app to tell us also, a little bit concerning, right? It's one more thing that a parent is going to be doing on their phone while their child is doing something else or sitting there watching, right? As they grow up, they are watching the parent always on the phone. This is one more way. Oh, wait, let me check your diaper. And instead of physical touch as we check the diaper, it's opening an app and seeing, oh, is the diaper wet or, you know, is it dirty? Are you sleepy, hungry? Hopefully, this really doesn't pan out and come to fruition on the market, but, you know, it's, it's on track to do so, so only time will tell if the next generation of children will be raised with smart diapers. Our character focus today is going to be on the virtue of passionate. Now, Merriam-Webster defines passion as a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about doing something. We know what passion is. We know what it feels like to be passionate. And so do our kids. Our kids are very passionate about video games, or maybe they're passionate about soccer, and they pretty much are never passionate about cleaning or picking up after themselves. All right, well, being a passionate person means that you are often motivated by your emotions, whether they stem from anger, disgust, sadness, fear, joy, happiness. Passion gives us a purpose. It makes us feel as though we have a purpose in our life. However, that passion doesn't have to be the single trajectory or the single thing that leads us to a successful life. One passion is not going to guarantee college admission or a college scholarship or even like a six-figure salary. Passion comes from self-discovery. It is a source of interest and excitement You know, and it's unique to every person. Not every person is going to have the same passion. One child in your family may have one passion that's completely opposite of their sibling. And these passions can shift and change as kids continue to grow. And even as adults, our passions can constantly be changing. Unfortunately, right, for parents, passion and specialization are often confused um, in our parenting journey. In an effort... To help our kids um, be unique, to stand out in the crowd, to be the best at something, parents can often guide their kids through one specific passion. And even if they're not passionate about it anymore, we can push and push and push until really the kid has no passion at all for it and it's more disgust than anything, which just kills their passion for anything else as well. Well, let's look at what four traits and characteristics passionate people have. Number one, is curiosity. Passionate people are always looking to learn new things. It's interesting that curiosity is such a common characteristic in so many of these virtues that we talk about here on the podcast. Curiosity is really birthed right when kids are young and they can begin discovering objects and colors. That's why it's so important that we are exposing them to a lot of different Hands on activities that build their curiosity. A lot of screen related activities don't build their curiosity because the game itself is leading the children in an experience that's curated for them. Number two, passionate people are courageous. They're willing to be uncomfortable or to think outside the box or to do and be passionate about something that maybe the rest of the world isn't. You know, you can be passionate about a rock collection. Or you can still be passionate about Legos. You know, as an adult, there's lots of different things to be passionate about. Knitting and cooking and whether it be sports or or writing, there's tons of creative outlets. And when you are passionate about it, you are courageous and you're just like, hey, I love this. This is my passion. And it doesn't matter what um, the rest of the world is thinking of your passion. Number three, passionate people exhibit exemplary work meaning that they don't want to just do it halfway. They really want to do it fully and with exemplary and extraordinary measures because their passion drives them to do so. They're not going to be okay with the halfway work. And number four, passionate people have a community because passionate people look for co-minded collaborators that they can share their passion with and they can Learn from one another, and then they're committed to to continue to grow in their passion because of their community. This is great. So these four character traits describe our passionate people. Now, as parents, how do we grow these character traits so that our child can be passionate? Or really, how do we not hinder them from becoming passionate about what they what they really were meant to be passionate for, what their purpose is? Well, number one, we need to know our child's unique interests. Experts say that, you know, really, instead of doing what every other family is doing, you know, to immediately as soon as they turn, you know, four years old to maybe put them in soccer, whether they want to or not, or to immediately start them in piano lessons to get to know them and understand their interests, observe how they play, ask open ended questions about um, what they enjoy doing and listen to them and really get to know what their unique interests are. Are they driven towards music? Are they driven towards sports? Are they driven to creative writing or artistry? Lots of different things that you can discover when you actually take the time to do so. Number two, parents need to think outside the box. We tend to, like I just said, enroll them in the first structured activity that we can do, the the soccer class, the piano lesson. But a lot of passion can just be built right out of playing and and living life inside your own home. Maybe they're watching you cook, and they can develop a passion for cooking because they love to help you. Or you garden, and they want to learn how that is done. Or maybe you're doing home repair. There's tons of things that kids can actually become passionate about just by observing around the house, and they don't need structure or guided instruction. Number three, Parents can nurture optimism. Optimistic kids are more willing to take healthy risks. They are better problem solvers, which we know from past podcasts being a problem solver means that you are resourceful, which is what Jeff Bezos, the creator of Amazon, says is his best character trait that has led to his success. And optimistic people tend to experience positive relationships so they can not only grow their passion but they have positive relationships in this community that they tend to develop and support because of their optimism. And number four, parents. This is one of the biggest ones. We need to avoid judgment. We may really love basketball and we cannot wait until our child is old enough to put them in basketball because we played basketball in high school and college and this is surely what our child is going to do. But they may really want to stay at home and play with Legos, or collect baseball cards. There's lots of different things. Or maybe you love hunting, and they want to be a vegetarian. Or maybe you love music, and they love football, or you love literature, and they only love video games. We need to avoid that judgment. Because when they feel judged, it crushes their creativity. It crushes their curiosity. And they they don't feel like they can release their passions in positive ways. So we need to avoid judgment. Now, I know a lot of you are probably asking, well, what happens when I have a child who has no passion? No passion for anything. They just want to sit there and do nothing, and they're not motivated to do anything. Well, a lot of times as parents, we want to jump in there, and we want to push them, and nudge them, and strongly encourage, and make demands, and make threats, trying to motivate them to do something. And that is really The wrong approach to take, even though that's what our flesh and our gut just wants to do because it drives us crazy. Experts really advise not getting caught in this parent child power struggle for control. Sometimes a child's passion for a short season of life can just be trying to exert their own control. They want to do nothing because they know it drives you crazy. And engaging in that power struggle can be really harmful to the relationship. All kids want privileges, so establishing a basic set of expectations that come with earned privileges can really get the ball rolling. For example, I know that you're not motivated to clean your room, but when you clean your room, you have the freedom to play an hour of video game right after school. Or I know that you really don't love doing your homework and getting that done. Hey, but if you maintain good grades, then you can go out on the weekends with your friends. Keeping these expectations simple and clear can help motivate them, make them passionate even about the most basic of things so that they can earn those privileges. Our app focus is Roblox. Roblox has made lots of news lately, so let's jump in and see what this app is all about. Fact number one, Roblox is an MMO where you can create your own games. Now an MMO is a massive multiplayer online game. Roblox allows players to create anything they can imagine from simple drag and drop building experiences. Players can build complex multi layer games and then upload it to the Roblox platform where any other player can then engage in that game. So, all the games that you see on the platform have been built by the members of the Roblox community. Now, the types of gameplay that you may see are really limitless. They can be building an ultimate theme park competing in, as a professional race car driver, starting in a fashion show, becoming a superhero, or simply designing a dream home, hanging out with friends. All these games, like I said, are created through this drag-and-drop building experience, or you can be more advanced and use Roblox's coding language, Lua, for more advanced functions. Fact number two, it's free, you can spend money, and you can make money. And the game is free to play, but you can spend real money for Robux, which is the game's currency. You can use this to buy cosmetic items and perks in certain games. So this whole concept of spending money in games for cosmetic items, this is kind of across all the video game platforms we see now today. There's also an upgrade in Roblox that you can upgrade to this Builders Club, which is an account where you pay a monthly subscription starting at 5.95 a month, and it grants you the ability to remove ads can sell gear and get bonus gear access a trade system and you get exclusive access to games and gear now for kids who are interested in building their own games and making money you can create your own games in this space in this experience and they say you know it gives you a nice safe place to fail and try again and hopefully succeed at getting a game that a lot of people want to play and if you do succeed at that and you have items that people can purchase inside of your game these cosmetic items or perks, the game's creator earns 18% of that money. Currently, Roblox says that there are over 500,000 people making money inside Roblox every month. Fact number three, is Roblox educational? Roblox's roots, according to their website, has always been steeped in STEM education. Now, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. They say that their creation and educational content can be used to teach real coding, game design, digital citizenship, and entrepreneurial skills. So they say there's this well-respected theory called constructionism. And this is what they hold to and support this theory. And the theory is that kids learn best when they are in active roles of designing and building and that this learning is accelerated when they assume those roles in a public forum. So basically what it is is that when a child is building and creating something in a way that they know that other people, other friends, other peers, other people in that community are going to see and use what they build, that they try harder and strive more so that because they know the fruits of their labor are going to be seen and enjoyed by other people. Now, does that make it educational? It's very clear, you know, that Roblox's success is really no mystery. You know, one review says it provides an endless stream of new and novel experiences that you can enjoy with your friends on any device. They say it's a cross between the matrix and your favorite neighborhood park. So is it educational? Sure, it can be when used appropriately for the love of maybe building and designing. But can it also just be a way to get lost in playing games? Yes, absolutely. It can be that too. It's really the mindset of the user and how they're engaging in that. Fact number four, parental controls. Roblox has 70 million active users a month. So it's inevitable that some offensive communications and user-generated content that is inappropriate is going to slip through the cracks. This is what has made headlines recently that there were predators on the Roblox app and, you know, saying inappropriate things, trying to lure young children into conversations. This is true really on any game, on any app. Unfortunately, when you introduce the internet, this is what you have. You have predators that lurk in every corner. So according to Roblox, they say we protect our players' safety by proactively filtering inappropriate content and acting against anyone who is in violation of their rules of conduct. They say that all uploaded images, video and audio files are pre-reviewed by moderators before allowing it on the site. Now, that's what they say. Now, whether it is or not, you know, we don't know because some does slip through the cracks. They say that their global moderation team is also online around the clock addressing any incoming concerns that is reported by the players. So this is a great feature. You can report this stuff. They do say they have this in effect. And based on the experience that we have seen, it probably is true. They may be a little bit more proactive now because of some of the headlines that have been made about Roblox. They also have a lot of parental controls that parents can set. So here's the deal. If you have a child who is under the age of 13, you really need to be honest about their age because they have a lot of extra filters set for those ages. So you can enable account restrictions from the security tab of the account settings page. This setting really allows um, users to access only a curated list of age appropriate games. So you as the parent can go in and say, these are the games I approve. I don't want my children playing or exploring in any other games. This all is when they're under this age of 13. You can also set an account pin. So that way the children cannot access that without your four digit code into the account. So, you're gonna make sure you use the accurate date of birth so you can access these under 13 security features. And make sure you use a unique password. This holds true with any app, any website, any account. Um, Use a combination of numbers, letters, special characters, and never share your passwords with anyone, even if it's a friend you really know in real life, because this can really just get you into danger inside these games. Also, keep your account and personal information to yourself. That means, Don't share your name and your address or your phone number over this game through the online system. No real life photos, of course. And you can also enable two step verification to really prevent strangers from accessing your Roblox account, getting hacked, getting any of that information taken. Overall, they do have some pretty solid parental controls when you compare it to other apps and games. All right, fact number five is the rating system. Now, Roblox has an ESRB rating of E10+, which is everyone 10 and up, and that is because of fantasy violence, which means that typical gameplay should be suitable for most kids. However, you know, the rating also includes the fact that users can interact without parents being able to hear. So that kind of gives that warning to parents that anywhere that children can communicate online, there's always a possibility of a predator or bullying, all of that can happen. Now, Apple rates the Roblox app as 12 plus, and Android rates it as everyone 10 plus. We at Brave Parenting really say if they're gonna be on it by themselves, they probably should definitely be 10 plus. But if you're looking for those educational benefits, and there really can be some, if your child is really good at mathematics and coding really is a lot of math and they want to create a video game, This is a great way to make them a producer instead of just a consumer. So if they want to do that younger, and really, as long as you're co-viewing it with them, you can start at any age, but it should always be a parent and child doing that together. Otherwise, it should be 10 to 12 and up if they're going to be using that by themselves. And for sure, use the parental controls. Our family focus, we're going to try and answer the question, what if my child's only passion is video games. This is a question that I have heard from so many parents. It causes so much um, stress in a parent's life, and they don't know what to do because video games has sort of taken over our children's lives, and it becomes their only passion. And parents fear that their children are not maybe going to go to college or get a job. They're always going to be living in their basement, and that just seems you know, like the worst solution ever. So what is the answer? Well, as we always say here at Brave Parenting, balance. Balance is always the answer. The child isn't going to become singularly focused on video games if we are promoting a balanced lifestyle from the beginning. If at any point we allow them to play eight hours a day, chances are they are going to become passionate about that one game. And then they think that this can be the career. Too often, you know, we hear that it happens. So what do we do? Well, we balance it. We encourage them to be in sports. We encourage them to balance our time with friends, as well as video games, as physical activity, to work an actual job. All of this needs to be balanced. But even more than that, if your child really is passionate about the actual video games, perhaps the production of video games, how they're made, the strategy that goes behind it, the storyline that goes into making a very successful video game. Well, then you can possibly work with that passion and make them more of a producer instead of a consumer. As we talked about the app Roblox, one of the ways that it can be educational is it allows for actual game creation and game coding. It's not as easy as you think to create a video game that actually engages other players to a point where they want to keep playing it or especially if they want to actually spend money within that game there is so much story that goes into that game as well as strategy so a couple places that you can look besides roblox you could use that app of course if you wanted to teach them some of the programming and creative side of that game other ones are youth digital this is a game programming that you can use for children it's about 8 to 14 years old Game Maker Studio 2 is one that you can use for your children that's about 10 plus years old. And another one is Unreal Engine 4. This is a little more advanced. It's for users about 14 years and older. We have a couple of our kids using Unreal Engine 4 and Game Maker Studio 2 because they aren't passionate about video games, but we don't want them to only just play and consume someone else's ideas. We're trying to build their creativity and see, well, what kind of game can you create? And so it's really interesting to watch them because they are having to use math. They're having to figure out a way to incorporate different ideas, have a beginning and have an end, right? And all the different goals and stages that go in the middle. So it does require a lot of resourcefulness, problem solving. All of these skills that we know can translate into other jobs, other careers, and other passions. When I looked at this question, what if my child's only passion is video games, on Quora, there was lots of great answers that people had given. And I thought one of them was excellent. You know, one said, go work at a game store, like GameStop. Be the model employee, suggestive sell, know these games, help kids, you know, sell these games, and then work your way up. Be a manager, be a district manager, work your way up in that level because you are passionate about this industry. And that might mean that you get early access to games and get to go to different conferences. If you still want to go get a job and they're passionate only about video games, try a place like GameStop. Another option is right to go to college for game design or computer science or graphic design. There's lots of different careers that feed into the game industry. Or if you're really passionate about it and you think you're really, really good, enter a competition. Spend that time, try and win. And if you don't win, really evaluate whether or not your passion can actually be your career or if it's just a hobby you just happen to love. And sometimes when you realize that you had no chance of winning at all, then you can move on and try something else in life. They also suggest, of course, if you think you're really good and you've got a very charismatic character and personality, you can try a YouTube channel. That takes a lot of hard work, so I'd be really careful as a parent to encourage that. Um, However, it is an option. But another option, they say, is become a game tester. I loved this one answer on Quora says, are you passionate about one video game or all video games? Because if I give you a video game of my choice and I give you certain tasks to achieve and goals that you need to accomplish in that game in an eight-hour time, and you still enjoyed it, regardless of the genre of the game, well, then it's possible you could be passionate about video games, in which case you could be a video game tester. But if you didn't enjoy it at all, or you couldn't accomplish the tasks and the goals, then it may not be that you're passionate about video games. You're really just really enjoying and passionate about that one game, in which case it's a hobby. We all have passions and hobbies, But that doesn't often lead to a career. Remember, that one passion isn't necessarily the trajectory for our life that's going to lead to success. It's okay to have a career and still be passionate about video games. And helping our kids find that balance is our job as a parent. So if you are parenting a child whose only passion is video games, I encourage you, watch, observe, engage. Don't harp on them and judge them. Even though you want to, and I understand that, but try and, and find out what makes them passionate about it. Make them resourceful in the same way they are in video games outside of that. We talked about that in the last podcast. These are great ways that you can maybe gain some sanity and also instill a little new passion and fire into your child. All right, that brings us to the end of this episode. If you miss anything in the show or you want to learn more, you can find us online at BraveParenting.net. Or if you have any questions on something we discussed today, you can email your questions to podcast at BraveParenting.net. For an in-depth look for how you can build strong character using this technology that children love, pick up a copy of our book, Managing Media, Creating Character, available online at Amazon. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on iTunes, Google, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media and every child needs a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Now go and be brave.